minutes ago, it, it made me just realize it's an absolute miracle that we're here, isn't it, really? This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that God has made, and God is here with us. The God who longs to speak to us, to make himself real to us. So let's just take a moment of quietness before we read scripture together uh, and consciously open ourselves and ask God in his grace and love and mercy to speak his living word into our lives afresh this morning. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are the one who comes to find us in all those places where we get scattered by life. And we pray now that you will draw us deeper and deeper into your presence and that you will speak to us. Speak, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening for your voice. Amen. I'm going to read uh, this morning from Isaiah chapter 40, uh, picking up at verse 25. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens, who created all these. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, O Jacob? Why do you say, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Thank God for his word. This uh, last week began with news that none of us wanted to hear of another earthquake in Turkey, devastation upon devastation. We have a friend who's lived and worked in Turkey for over 20 years, whose work now includes offering pastoral support to local Turkish relief personnel. I messaged her a couple of weeks ago after that first earthquake asking how she was doing, and she replied, doing okay, considering. The news is tough, and there are lots of local friends helping in the region who need a lot of support and encouragement. Many are totally unprepared, mentally and emotionally, for the task. So there's a lot to do in supporting them. I messaged her again after the second earthquake, and she responded, it was a big shock and has scared many people. 
the big prayer request is for people to have wisdom to pace themselves, take adequate rests and breaks out of the zone. We're in it for the long haul. It'll take a decade to recover. How do you keep going in the face of overwhelming devastation and anguish? And then at the end of the week, we've had the anniversary of the war in Ukraine. And when you look at the scale of destruction there, at the impact on people old and young, where do you turn? This morning, we turn to the story of another people who lived not under the shadow of Russia and Putin, but under the shadow of the great Babylonian Empire, one of the great world powers of their day. We turn to the story of another people whose capital city also lay in ruins, whose inhabitants had been scratching a living among the ruins for a lifetime, while so many of their families and friends were scattered in exile, just about support surviving far away from home in struggling groups. We turn to another story of a people who felt forgotten, abandoned, abandoned even by God. We turn to the story of God's people, ground down under the heel of Babylon. And they had lived like this, year after year, decade after decade, with no lights at the end of the tunnel. And they're exhausted. They're burnt out and close to despair. And it's no wonder they complain that God has forgotten them. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. That's how they felt. I wonder, have you ever been tempted to feel a bit like that? That God has maybe forgotten you. But the truth is, whatever it feels like, that they have not been forgotten. In spite of the chaos that they're living through, God has not abandoned them and God is not overwhelmed. He is still sovereign. And in our reading today, God comes and he speaks to them through the prophet to remind them of something that in their exhaustion they'd all but forgotten. Why do you say, Jacob, and complain, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. I don't know where President Zelensky goes when he needs to regain some perspective. Living where we do, down by the coast, we go down to the sea and, and look at the vastness of the horizon and the power of the ocean. Here, God speaks through the prophet and he invites people, the people of Israel, to look up, to look to the heavens. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. 
Because of his great power and strength, not one of them is missing. Not one of them is missing. God knows, God sees everyone. And I, I just love that. You see, as David was saying, God didn't just speak creation into being and walk away, leaving it to get on on its own somehow. What this reminds us of is that creation isn't just a one-off event. Because God the creator is also God the sustainer who holds everything in being moment by moment with endless attentiveness and care. Not one of those millions of stars in heaven is ever missing. Not one of them is missing. Those words, they remind me of some words of Jesus. Many of you know them in Matthew 10. When Jesus says to people, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And you, even the very hairs of your head, are all numbered. Here in Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet reminds us of the God who sustains us in life with such attentiveness. This sustaining God is the God we encounter in worship, the God who speaks to us through the psalmist when he says, be still and know that I am God. Stop your panicking, stop your fretting, look up, stop. And know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In this passage, the prophet points us to the God who sustains us in life. But that's not all. They say that uh, human beings can go for 40 days without food for three days without water, <clears throat> apparently for something like eight minutes without air, but for barely a second without hope. The prophet goes on to remind his demoralized and complaining listeners that God does not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom utterly unsearchable. I remember a few years ago, somebody asking our preschool leader why she was a Christian. And I remember that question because I found her answer really helpful. What she said was, I'm a Christian because in the story of Jesus, I find a story that makes sense of my life. Now, life doesn't always make sense, does it? Her life hadn't always made sense. We're all of us often left with questions that we don't have answers to. But, but when we look at the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we know that when life doesn't make sense, that God is still at work. Just come back with me for a moment. We were talking about Easter, but come back with me for a moment to that first Good Friday. You there? 
life didn't make any sense to the people who were there at the foot of the cross watching Jesus die on that first Good Friday. We look back with so much hindsight <clears throat> that we forget what an utterly meaningless day it was for those who were there. For those who stood there, it was nothing but tragedy and the end of all their hopes. But we know, we know that that wasn't the end of the story. We know that in Jesus, God took into himself all the sin and evil and injustice, all that is so wrong with our world. God took all this heartbreaking mess into himself and it crushed him. But that wasn't the end. Because as God took all of this hopelessness into himself, out of that apparent defeat, God wrought the greatest victory ever, the victory of his love. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We've just sung with a shout, you rose victorious, resting victory from the grave. Because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we know that what we see around us isn't the end of the story. We know that the day is coming when the victory of God's love will be established in all the earth, when God will wipe away every tear from every eye, and there will be an end to death and to mourning and to crying and to pain. Hallelujah. The God who sustains us in life is also the God who sustains us in hope. And those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. But notice, would you? This is not saying that as Christians we should just be able to keep calm and carry on. It is not saying that we should trawl deep within ourselves to find yet more new strengths. You know, breathe deeply, pull up your socks and get on with it. It's not our strengths. It's God's. It's not us who are strong. It's certainly not me. It's not us who are strong. It is God who is strong. There's another passage in the Bible that talks about eagles' wings. And if I look, I'm sure some of you know it. Uh, it's, it's back there in Exodus 19, where God reminds the people of Israel how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. The picture in this verse is of a mother eagle teaching her young to fly. And she's not a soft mum. She nudges them out of the nest, and then she watches as they panic and flap until they discover they can fly, and they learn to glide and to swoop and to soar. But all the time, this mother has her eagle eye upon them, 
And the moment they're in danger, the moment they're exhausted, the moment they start to fall, she swoops underneath and catches them on her back and carries them to safety. In those times when our strength does fail, when we feel exhausted and are about to fall, God, like that mother eagle, swoops underneath to catch us up. Can you feel yourself being caught this morning? Can you feel the strength of God, the mother eagle, swooping underneath and carrying you? Carrying, carrying us through, sustaining us to the end. And how we need to hear that in these days, don't we? Not just to hear it, but to receive and to rest upon the love, the strength, the peace, the hope of God afresh. The God who is here with us now, closer than our own breathing, inviting us to breathe deeply of his spirit, of his presence. That's something that we can do here in church when we're together in worship. But we can breathe deeply of God's spirit wherever we are, in every moment. Wherever we find ourselves in this beautiful but sometimes brutal world. The God who is here with us now, closer than our own breathing, with us every moment. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. But all of this, all of this is not just to make ourselves feel better. It doesn't stop. We are given strength for a purpose. The verses we've read this morning are the climax of Isaiah chapter 40, uh, a chapter that opens with those familiar words from Handel's Messiah, and some people would sing it to you. Comfort, comfort my people. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the Bayer tap Tapestry, uh, the tapestry that tells the story of William the Conqueror's victory at the Battle of Hastings. But if you've seen the Bayeux Tapestry, you may or you may not have spotted this figure, the man there with his big staff. The description, the explanation of this panel of the tapestry is Bishop Odo comforting his troops. Now, that's not the picture that immediately springs to mind when you think of somebody comforting you, is it? But when you stop, any of you who've ever done any Latin, think about the word comfort, cum forte, with strength. Comfort is that which gives strength. Bishop Odo beating strength into the men. It reminds me uh, of Paul's phrase about provoking one another to love and good works. 
the good bishop comforting the troops because they haven't finished the job yet. And neither has God finished, and neither have we. God sustains us in life. God sustains us in hope, and God sustains us in his purpose for us. You see, as you read the Bible, you discover that God created a world, and God created a people, a people who would be God's people, his people, and that's us. God's people, we called, are called for a purpose. God's people are called to be a living witness to the world that things don't have to always be like this. God's people have been called for the purpose of showing the world a different way to live, rooted in trusting God. God's people have been called for the purpose of showing the world a better way to live. And doesn't our world desperately need that today? A better way to live, a life lived trusting in God and walking the way of Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. I think I've probably said to you before that uh, while we lived in Cardiff, I spent uh, some time with uh, a community of recovery, a recovery community called the Living Room Cardiff. It was a community of people who were in various stages of recovery uh, from all sorts of addictions. The founder of the Living Room Cardiff was a character by the name of Winford Ellis Owen. That's a good name when you're coming up to St. David's Day. Uh, Winford was himself a recovering alcoholic, and uh, before he launched the living room, he was a children's presenter on S4C, uh, on the Welsh, Welsh language television uh, network. And one of the things Winford regularly said was that he believed revival would come to the church through the recovery community. Why? Because people like those you met in the living room, people who are in recovery from real addiction, are people whose lives have so fallen apart that they have nothing to lose. For them, it's God or nothing. And when we've lost everything, we have the freedom to reimagine life on a whole new basis, trusting in God alone. Who is it who said faith isn't faith until it's all we're holding on to? Trusting in God and walking the risky way of Jesus so that the world may see and know and welcome and worship its true God. Back in the day when I was little enough to go on a slide, do you remember those slides in the children's playgrounds? I was one of those people who, when I went down the slide, would always have one hand holding onto the side, you know? Just so I didn't lose control. I wonder where this morning, as God comes to us, with all of his grace and mercy and power and care to renew us, 
where we hear God's call afresh to live in these days for the sake of his world as his people, showing the world a better way to live, living a life that trusts in God so much that we dare walk the risky path of following the way of Jesus. This morning, where is God asking us to let go of the side and to trust him more? This morning, where is God calling us to take our next risky trust of faith? Let's just take a few moments resting in the immense and gracious, forgiving, welcoming presence of our God. Let's take a few moments as we rest in him. As we entrust to him, to his strength and his wisdom, and his ongoing working, those situations which sometimes feel so heavy to us. And as we hear him calling and claiming us afresh, and asking us to trust in him alone. In the quietness this morning, we gladly surrender afresh. Father, thank you that it is resting in you in quietness and in trust that we find our strength and our peace. Lord, where we have become too settled, continue to disturb us. Provoke us, please, into the next step and the next step of following Jesus and saying with everything that we are, our unutterable Thank you to you. Father, we bless and we thank you beyond what we have words to express with such gratitude. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.